Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This week's guest is Ingrid Syrsta Engen, midfielder at FC Barcelona and a national team player in Norway. She made her senior national team debut in 2018 at Algarve Cup. After winning the double with LSK Kvinner in the Norwegian top flight top serien, she signed with VFL Wolfsburg in December 2018. Engen stayed in LSK for another six months after agreeing on a loan deal. After a successful spell in the Frauen Bundesliga with the Green Wolves, she signed a two-year deal with FC Barcelona in 2021, and she made her debut in Liga F for the club in an 8-0 win over Valencia on September 25th that same year. In January 2023, Engen extended her contract, keeping her in Barcelona till 2025. In this episode, Engen talks about her journey and the struggles she has experienced in Barcelona's way of playing football compared to when she moved from Norway to Germany, but also where she is at today. A player that knows her strengths and weaknesses very well in a club that wants to keep her for the player she is and not for a player they want to change. You are listening to their pitch and this is the Ingrid Syrsta Engen episode. Welcome to their pitch. How are you doing? Uh, thank you so much. Um, doing really good. Yeah, came home yesterday. We are super campeonas and in Spain now. So a good feeling this morning. How many titles is that now for you with Barcelona? Uh, it's my uh, fourth title. Yeah, we had two cups last year and one for the league. And now one more. Starting to lose count, no? Uh, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not a problem, no. But I mean, it's a, it's a team that wins a lot, but we, we also enjoy it when we do. Uh, Ingrid, I would I would pronounce your name uh, Ingrid Sista Engen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's completely correct, but I'm going to have you pronounce it in Norwegian for our listeners. Actually, you said it uh, perfect. I think it's Ingrid Sjöstängen. We say in Norwegian. So I think Ingrid is pretty easy in all countries. Maybe the the second one is more uh, complicated. They might want to pronounce the D at the end. Yeah, people do that. But yeah, it's like Ingrid. You don't say the D. We also do have a quote from somebody who knows you very well. I'm going to read that to you, and then you're going to have to guess who it is. Let's go. Uh, Ingrid is a machine with an enormous running capacity. She is physically strong and a very smart midfielder. Her main skill is curled shots, which she often practices when the national team gathers during international breaks. But now I think she has enough to do with her new coffee machine. P.S. She is Norway's Insta Queen. (laughs) Who do you think that is? Is it Frida? That it is a Frida Monum, yeah, the Arsenal midfielder. But the coffee machine, what's? Oh, yeah, that's when I understood it because she's the one I update about these things. Oh, now I <laughs> bought a new coffee machine. No, yeah, no. Uh, as many people know now, uh, I do love coffee. So now I have a new coffee machine, and I'm really happy. So <laughs> that's the story. <laughs> Was it was it super recent? Uh, yes, actually, I think it's like a week ago. Yeah, yeah, because she because Frida told Mia before that she said, "I think she will definitely get it on the coffee machine." <laughs> definitely, that was the the best hint. <laughs> <sighs> 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ingrid, we, we want to get to know, we want to spend this, this next hour getting to know you on the field and on the field and as a person. But, but I usually start with, you know, How come you started playing football as a kid? Uh, I think it was pretty random. Uh, I did a lot of things. I was very active uh, when I was younger. Um, so I played like handball, I done ski, uh, track and field. And so, yeah, one day when I was like seven, I think, I went to uh, the pitch with some friends. And then I heard that it's, they started a team for boys and girls together. So then I, I wanted to go and train there. And uh, yeah, ever since I I just got really interested and football became the, the funniest thing I knew. So it's not like I come from a, a really football interested family. Like my dad and my older sister has played, but they never pushed me like football is, is what you're going to do. It's more like I tried a lot of things, uh, but in the end, football was the... Has always been the most fun. Did you did you know even then that that you were that you were talented and that it would you know that you could possibly do this professionally in the future or was that not an option? And um, not in this age, no. Um, I think well, obviously I was talented because I continued playing with the boys when the girls started their own uh, team. Um, but I don't think even my parents were like aware that. I I was really good at it. It was just like natural. Okay, I wanted to play with boys. That made me me happy. I wanted the challenges, and uh, no, I think it was more like when I was eleven, twelve that they understood. Okay, maybe this she has a talent in this. Maybe this is something we should like uh, help her to now start think of how she can develop and uh, yeah, and then. It was in this age that I understood that okay, I actually want to to be the best as I can in this sport. When when did you when did you know that this is what you wanted to do professionally? Because for some people, you know, they find out after they've done their first national team camp and then not got picked out again, or they've known instantly since they were like twelve years old. When when was it for you? Yeah, I think it was around when I was twelve that I understood okay. It's football I'm prioritizing out of everything I was doing. I was doing other things as well. But uh, no, I just felt the the like the joy of getting better, uh, working on things I was not so good at, like these things. And you, when you start in your head to put goals for yourself, like I want to improve on this, then I understood, okay, this is something I'm putting all my effort in. This is like... This is what I love doing. And yeah, obviously, when you start to be picked for national uh, team camp when you're 13, 14, then you understand that, okay, it's true. Like people also see it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it was in this age. But I think in the beginning, I didn't think like, uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to play for the biggest clubs in the world when I get older because this was the visibility was not there. Like, That's not what I I thought was possible. So I just thought, okay, I want to get better, and not I want to play for the best teams at this age. How important do you think that visibility is now for for young people? Because it's obviously changed through the years. Because now people walk around, I'm most likely with your name on a Barca shirt in the back. How, what do you think that means for the future generation? First of all, it makes me super happy that. Uh, young girls like I was uh, can now have the dream of playing and doing what I do. I, I wish I had the same the same feeling when I was at this age because that would make it even like it would give it even more purpose or like it would feel like wow if I just continue with this or continue working hard I can actually it can be me playing in no in front of 90,000 people. Uh, I wish that I could dream of this and that makes me so happy that girls today actually can and also of course to be 
maybe one of the reasons why why girls can dream of this is is such a a huge feeling to be a, an inspiration and something I put very high. And and you did mention that maybe being young you you didn't really dream of like play you wanted to play for big clubs, but you know like what we said, you don't really dream of that when you're that young because the visibility isn't there. But you ended up actually representing two of the... You you are representing right now one of the biggest clubs in Europe and you have been representing another really big club in Europe. How was it for you to leave leave Norway as, you know, this is young talent? And how was it for you to leave home first time and going to Germany? It was a big step. I'm not going to lie. And I think um, many people thought okay, this is too early. Like, uh, you should take uh, a middle step, a step between uh, going from Alaska, which was a really good Norwegian team, but to maybe, yeah, not maybe, one of the best teams in the world. And so it was a very big step. Uh, I don't know if I was, like, prepared uh, for the difference of how it would be like just everything with the with the professionality with the facilities with the, the physicality like just everything um but i also have been or my whole career from when i was young i've always loved challenges and always wanted to be somewhere where i can where i need where i get challenged every single day and that's that has been my motivation and yeah for me it's not about being uh, the best player or being uh, most comfortable uh, i feel like i am getting better when i am playing against the best and when i'm training with the best so for me it was really fun also to be able to train with the best every single day and yeah and then you you traded the best for the next best or for like you traded best to best. You could say that, right? Does that make sense for people out there? That you that you went from Wolfsburg to Barcelona, two really yeah. great teams, yeah. both of them, Champions League winners. How was was it easier to take that step from from Germany to to Spain, knowing that you'd already been outside of the country and you've already made that move? Or how was it adjusting? I think uh, with everything outside of football, it was a very smooth. Uh, transition to go from Germany to Spain um, it was more like the football that was uh, the biggest difference and that was maybe even more challenging than going from Norway to Germany uh, I think going from Norway to or to, from Alaska to Wolfsburg was more like it physically hard but now uh, going from Wolfsburg to Barcelona was more like the the technical part or like just the comp I don't know the complex of everything in the game and understanding how they want me to play my role uh, all of this has been the most challenging so outside the pitch it has been pretty easy I would say but I've always been pretty independent also like in Germany uh, I I was fine with moving alone and all these things so I wasn't worried about this, but I think I'm more in shock of how the the how hard it was to I don't know understand everything on the pitch here. And how do you feel like it is now with the with the pitch and everything that goes on? No, I've had a really good uh, start of the season, I would say. Um, I'm feeling a lot more comfortable. Uh, I don't know what happened. It's it's. Yeah, I I would say I spent some months, almost the whole season last year, to uh, understand and to like start to do things automatically um, because of how they want me to play. Uh, my role is pretty different uh, from how it was in in how I played the six in Germany to how I played the six here or how I played in the national team. So, but I think like. In the start of this season, just something clicked. Uh, yeah, I started to, or like, I, I just understood how to play my role better. And then I also started to do, or my strength as a player came more, 
or I started to like just show my strengths more because obviously when things come more automatically, you you get more confidence and and you start to just uh, do your thing more. So yeah, I feel like my confidence is back, and even though at some point last season you you maybe start to doubt yourself or you think okay am i going to fit into this am i going to understand this am i going to like understand the connections and feel connected to the other other players like i feel like they do um but obviously they've been in the, in the club for several years the players in the midfield and they they understand each other on a very deep level but now when you start to feel like you're a part of it I mean, it's the greatest feeling, and I have never enjoyed football as much as I do now in Barcelona. And you're, and you, and you did mention, you know, maybe like the confidence dipping a little bit towards the end of last season. How was it for you to then? I don't know exactly when they came with the new offers that they wanted to extend your contract, but how is it to get that recognition when you're maybe not feeling the most confident? How is it to to hear that this club wants you to stay? Yeah, I think in the end of last season, I did good in the. Copa de la Reina in the, in the end I feel like there I I really showed what I can do and how I can help and maybe how my abilities is good for the team uh, I started to not maybe try to be someone else try try not to compare to everyone else in the midfield and just okay use my strengths to to give something to the team and I think that okay they got the they got confirmed uh, how I can help the team. And then after a good start of this season also, I think I showed that I can help the team and, and come in and, and do good. And yeah, obviously when they then wanted to sign for more years, it felt right from the beginning. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like this is the best place for me to develop even more and I feel like I already do every day so yeah as I said earlier that's one of my biggest motivations to stretch for other players to learn to develop and I'm really really happy that I am staying more years here. We did talk about it a little bit in the beginning for four titles with Barcelona while we're recording this on we're recording this on a Monday the day after you guys just won the Supercopa. How and how how is that for 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 you guys to to get just another title? Yeah, I feel it's a mix of high expect expectations here from ourselves and others, and yeah. Um, but I mean, to meet Real Madrid in the semifinal as we did to play that game that the team did with one one player less, I think that this title meant a lot uh, and yesterday to then after such a, a hard game to to play that good and to to control the game that good yeah it's it was a really good performance from the team so it uh, it, it was really nice this title and means extra also when you have to really fight for it. And I, and I must ask, really, did, did you expect that you had to go grab your medal yourself? It's something I didn't think about in the moment, I think. Maybe it's because of like all the things with Corona that you don't think of these things. Like, okay, it's, uh, it's how you do it now. But then after when I saw that uh, it was a, a lot of uh, reactions on it, you start thinking like, okay, why? It's it's very. It was a weird situation, and uh, no, obviously it should not have been like this. Um, do you think it's going to happen again, especially after all those reactions? Or what does it say? I mean, about like the development of women's football because we just saw in in women's super league games getting cancelled five minutes in. Yeah, it shows that it's still a lot to work on. Uh, I mean, you can find many good examples of how it's going in the right direction these days in the last years. But then you also have these situations that is really important that we we talk about and that we say that, okay, this is not how it's supposed to be. It, w it would never be like this if it was for the men's or for like, yeah. So I think we just need to continue to speak up about these things and, and just expect better. Uh, yeah. 
we deserve better than this and the, the fans do as well as you you saw with the the English um, games this weekend we have to avoid these things we're gonna we're gonna switch from from Barcelona and club team and go just just touch on on the national team real real quick um do you remember your debut with the national team yeah it was Algarve Cup against Australia in February 2000 and I don't remember I don't remember I, I don't have it written down no. <laughs> but it was in Algarve Cup which usually happens uh, every every February uh, not this one with the exception but but how did, did you guys win uh, oh, I think we lost 4-3 in the end do you remember the feeling the feeling of uh, losing or uh, doing the debut? <laughs> <laughs> no, the feeling of the debut. Uh, yeah, no, obviously a big, big moment. Something you dream of, something you have been working for, uh, especially when you come, you have played a lot of games on, uh, yeah, like under 15 to under 23, and then you, you get your chance there. And no, a big, big moment. And this summer, you guys played the Euros. How was uh, how was that? Obviously, maybe not reached Norway's expectations, but how was it for for you and to be a part of that big, big tournament? No, the tournament in general was amazing. Like to see all the interest. You had this expectation in and before the tournament because it's in England. It's and it's at this moment where we we were. Yeah, it's a lot of interest. And uh, so the tournament was great to see. Uh, but of course, personally, we did not do as expected uh, in any way. So uh, a hard experience, I would say. And uh, an experience you use some weeks or months to get over, really, and to analyze and to try to understand why we didn't perform as we wanted. Um, but it feels good that we already have a new tournament this summer that we uh, qualified for directly after the Euros. So, yeah, we are working on this now. And you get kind of a new start with the new new head coach, Higerisa. But did you expect that maybe you guys were going to have a change of head coach uh, after the Euros? Or I was like, what was the, the reaction to, to Martin Hogan having to leave? Yeah, I think yeah, after what we performed, it's natural to think that uh, we need a, a fresh start, a new energy. Um, I will not put the blame on uh, on Martin or anything for what happened in the Euros. That was us as a group. Uh, no one uh, performed as expected. Um but I have to say also that I really enjoyed having uh, having him as a as a coach, and it meant a lot the the years before the tournament when he really believed in me as a young young player with not a, a lot of experience. So he has meant a lot for me. Uh, so it's also hard to to let that go. Uh, but it was maybe the the natural thing after a tournament like this. But, but Higgins is also a coach that you know that probably knows you pretty well from your time in LSK. How was it to to have her come in as a coach? Yeah, well, as you said, we know each other from before. I uh, learned a lot in LSK, uh, especially in my role. She's really good at these things. Um, she was an amazing player herself. So yeah, uh, it's ex- exciting times, and I think that yeah, we've been. Also performing pretty good uh, these last camps. We had some good results. Also, it's been up and down, uh, as may be natural when you have a, a new system and a new coach. But yeah, I feel like now we're starting to put things together, taking care of the structure again um, defensively. Uh, and then we just need to continue developing as a team. The future is bright, so to say. I really hope so. <laughs> With that being said, Ingrid, thank you for the the part one of this podcast. We're gonna go. We're gonna let me in, and we're gonna do some football analysis. And I will mute myself. I I can hit this part of the podcast uh, off by saying that you you debuted for your national team in two thousand and eighteen. 
That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that that's quite 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 many years now. Um, it is. It doesn't feel that long, but it, it really is. Yeah, when you enjoy when you enjoy life, you for, forget when when things happen uh, year wise. Uh, like like in the beginning when you said that oh is it four titles with Barcelona now it's it they are gathering uh, the titles and and the international games and and everything but I think it I I always always think it's quite interesting to ask the players that come on here how they look at themselves as a player if you were about to describe yourself as a football player just take us through yeah well um i am a typical number six i think uh, grown into this um and with the my strengths are maybe the my passing skills um i'm able to cover a lot of spaces defensively with my physicality and uh also maybe to read situations read where it's based to to play um, and also in transitions to, to win the ball back and continue uh, with attacking for the team. Also, I would say I'm hardworking, uh, hardworking midfielder. <laughs> We've seen that, yes. And you, you also touched uh, on this a little bit while speaking with Amanda, but obviously lot of differences between Wolfsburg and Barcelona who when I watch these two teams play I would say it's possession-based football but they're quite different uh, in style yet so when you joined Barcelona what do you think was demanded from you when you joined uh, them comparing from your time in, in Wolfsburg in more detail yeah, um, in Wolfsburg, my role was, I would say, a lot more box-to-box player than in Barcelona. Um, I in Wolfsburg, I would, uh, I would have the ball a lot, but it would go faster. It would be more directly. I would play directly up in the in the space between their midfield and and defense, and then we would just go for the attack, and then I would. Uh, uh, pass and go more like for the box or uh, meanwhile in Barcelona it's it's I think the phrase I've been hearing the most is stay in position keep your position like don't pass and go you pass and you stay um, which has maybe in the beginning it's it's something you do automatically like I, I didn't even think I was going and then I see on the video clips, it's like, yeah, but you are going two meters up and we don't want you to go these two meters. We want you to stay. So it's like, you don't even feel like you're doing something, but still you're, it's, it's automatic. And so I would say in Barcelona, my role is more to, to stay close to the ball, always be an option um, and keep my position really as a, as a six, as a, maybe more, defense balance role uh, but it's super important here to have this balance in the midfield to always be the option to be the player who can switch the player who can always you can always play to get out of a situation so I think this has been the most uh, or what they demand of me so this is what you train on the most you would say like stay in position how do you train that yeah it's yeah is it the mindset or is it is it like you know the repeating stuff all the time on the pitch? Yeah, it's a, it's a mix of for me it was yeah like switching the mind a little. Uh, but also to understand that it's we're not talking about a lot of movements but just like 2 meters really fast after you played the ball. Uh to come more deep, for example, to get the ball immediately. And it's like these small things. And also to read how, for example, the the other team is pressing to see where I can move uh, compa- or uh, yeah, regarding to how the striker is going on the central defender. Uh, so it's more like these things. Okay, where is my space uh, compared to how 
the player is is pressing. Tell us the story behind uh, why you are a midfielder. Because many players have tried many different positions before they end. You, we must say this also that we we can uh, sometimes see you play uh, as a centre back, bo- both for the national team and I think you've played that for Barcelona as well, right? Yeah, no. Uh, when I was younger, I, with the boys, I played the uh, back, right back, uh, running up and down, um, yeah, being more. Uh, of being very offensive and also in in Trondheim Cern I played uh, more of an offensive midfielder um, like an eight um, then, and they tried to put me on the six but uh, I didn't have the physicality at all I was really small and and yeah no my coach was not happy with me on the six so uh, I was more in front um, but then I started to grow my physicality uh, and uh, doing well in the defense, uh, winning a lot of duels, running a lot, and then started to play the the six. And I feel like, yeah, more I got more and more strengths in the defense that can help the team a lot. Um, so, yeah, that's how I ended up uh, as a six. And with these qualities, obviously, it's it's also good as a central defender. Um, and I'm pretty, I have an okay speed as well. So as a central defender, I, I can see that I have qualities for this position. So let's see in a few years if that's where I where I end up. But no, uh, number six is there. Since Barcelona play a very special style of football, what would you say is the hardest part and most challenging part about going from club football now into national team football? Mm. Yeah, it's it's two very different styles and philosophies, I, I would say. Uh, also in Barcelona, we're used to having the ball a lot. Uh, and yeah, in in Norway, we are more... Uh, maybe focusing on the, on the defending now, especially when we meet really good teams. We have been defending more and then you have the the transition phase and, and the more the attacks are quicker. Um, so this is uh, different. But I, I really try to take things with me from Barcelona because I think that to be calm with the ball, to, be, to always be uh, an option to... Uh, yeah, to play my role a little bit similar would be go- good for the national team as well. So I think that it's definitely things I can I can bring in, and that's also what I want, like to develop in my club and then bring it to the national team. I think that's uh, that's important. Do you think that people around, like, because I I read a lot about the Norwegian national team ahead of the Euros and. You know, obviously, there are always many opinions about uh, players getting played out of position and have different roles. But do you think that people really understand how different Barcelona plays from, I would say, many club teams, but obviously also national teams? I don't know if people understand it. I think maybe if you play against Barcelona, you understand that, okay, this is a different kind of football. I remember when I met Barcelona myself, like it was the worst, worst game. With Wolfsburg, we, we beat them, but it was the most challenging games I've played. So I don't know if people outside understand this, but uh, I think when you meet Barcelona, you, you understand how challenging it can be and also that it's different from other teams. You yeah, meet. for sure. And apart from winning a game, mm-hmm. uh, what makes you satisfied with your own performance when you go off the pitch after a game? If I've played my my role good, if I've been involved a lot, if I, uh, yeah, I get satisfied from, especially from winning a lot of balls uh, back. I think this is one of the best feelings to to win the ball back when the other team has won it from us, and then the our team can start attacking again. These kind of things, I feel like when I can use my strengths like this, uh, I would be happy. And last question from me before we go to the listeners' questions. But 
before a season starts, do you set any goals for yourself, like using statistics or just anything really that you want to achieve? Apart from winning a lot of titles and, and you know. Yeah, no, my focus here in Barcelona has been to uh, just continue develop in my role and understand my role better and watch clips after games to see how I have uh, how I've done different situations uh, and also by getting help from the, the coaches. I mean, the The coaches here are amazing in these things. They're really like football freaks, I would say. So it's a it's a lot to learn, both from them and from uh, from the other players here. So I feel like it, it's just this to keep developing in in my position and uh, uh, obviously help the team to to win the titles that we want to go for. That's a perfect way to end end that uh, that part of the podcast. Um, let's jump into the listeners' questions. And we must say we have never had this many questions. So uh, it's it's all on me if I've chosen the wrong ones here. Um, I did my best. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, would, we would be sitting here till midnight if you would, would uh, have to answer every question. I must say they were all brilliant. And so... Now I've set a standard for these questions we are about to to ask you. But Amanda, do you want do you want to take the first one or? Yeah, I'll take the first one. Frida underscore AWFC wants to know how do you keep believing in yourself as a player if if things don't go your way? Yeah. Um, well, I feel like I've been been through this a little, so. I think for me, it was to start to focus on how I can use my strengths and not compare myself to the other players uh, that I'm competing against or that I'm playing with. Because uh, this is this is not who I am and this is not why I am here. I am here because of my strengths. Uh, and just to to like focus on this, I think... Help me gain my my confidence here, and yeah, made me understand that okay, uh, I can bring something here, and then you just try to believe in in the strengths you have and show them. I'm gonna start by butchering a Norwegian name here. Uh, Christian Trethaug um, wants to know. How do you stay in shape during the holidays? And how important is it to have someone who can push you to train hard, even if it's on holiday? Yeah, the the background story to this is that this is the boyfriend of my sister. And he is sending this question because he was the one who trained with me for Christmas. So <laughs> just to make this clear. <laughs> But it's a good question, though. Like, it's interesting, no? But no, you... <laughs> You, uh, we get a program from the the club, obviously, and then, uh, yeah, that's you do this and you stay in shape. You do what you have to do in holidays. <laughs> obviously, you have a good you have a good trainer as well. <laughs> Info football fam wants to know what's the best thing about living in Barcelona. Did you imagine the city like this before staying there? I mean, it's an amazing city. I've been here sometimes before I moved here, so no, it's it's really great to I think to have this environment around you outside of football always, or that also I don't know makes life outside or far away from your family better when you have a good environment. You wake up and it's sunny, and you can do things. On a day off, like for me, these things gives me energy. So it's definitely something I I value a lot. And uh, no, it's it's really a dream to to live in such a great city and and do the things I the thing I love. At Engens Hone, which one of the goals you have scored for Barcelona in these two seasons are your favorite? Uh I think I I only scored like 
three goals. I don't think it's more. So I don't know. I scored in the Super Copa final last year. The opening against Atletico Madrid. That was a nice feeling. <laughs> so, something tells me that this person that uh, has asked you this question, they have a very clear vision of the goals you have scored. Like every single one of them. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> yeah, now they got their answer. Yeah. <laughs> Patsy Factor wants to know, do you have any idols growing up or is there anyone you modeled your game after? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I didn't have like many women idols because as we talked about, the visibility was not good enough. Um, but I've always like look up to the players I played with. Um, so, for example, in Trondheim Cern, I played with Guru Reiten there. I remember I compared myself a lot, like to try to be on her level in training. Like she, I always thought she was amazing. And yeah, I think these things is has always been. Um, good for me to to look up to the players that I play with, and I've had that in every club I've been in. And at Arual twelve underscore uh, wants to know what what do you like the most about being a, a footballer? Mm, I think it's the feeling of team sport uh, to achieve things together. I would say I'm a I'm a team player. I'm yeah. It's the best feeling to to reach something with the people you work with every single day. Um, that's why I think football was the best thing or like the, the thing I chose in the end also when I was younger to do because of the feeling of winning or training with the team. So I think this is the best thing about football. Alexa QXT wants to know what's the best career slash life advice you've ever received and from whom, if you care to share? Well, I think it would be what we talked about to, or like to use or understand that your strengths are uh, why you are here and, and to use them instead of comparing yourself to others i mean yeah and also i would say to to learn from others like i've always been very curious about how to get better in every part of football and to take uh, knowledge from people who knows best and ask questions and just search for uh, how you can get better is something i've always done And then I've got a lot of tips from these people. Uh, I don't remember like exactly things now or from whom, but just I've been picking up things from my my whole career to on how to to get better in every part of the game. The last question. Uh, this is a big one. At FCB Fem wants to know what has been your favorite moment in a Barcelona shirt? That's pretty easy. Or it has to be the uh, both games last season in Camp Nou, but definitely the first one was like a wow moment to be in, in Camp Nou, selling it out. Just first of all, the feeling before the game, knowing all of this, Uh, having expectations on how it's going to be. And then you come there and I came into this game and just, uh, yeah, just warming up. It was like, I was just looking around and it was, I've never seen so many people. And then it's just like the feeling of, okay, now I understand that how much interest it actually is around us and around this club and around the football and, Yeah, it was just a, a huge moment. Like, I think one of the best moments in my career, just because of the importance and uh, to write history with the club, like just the feeling of being somewhere that you actually 
write history for for women's football um, and to be somewhere where they've made this possible and to be somewhere where the fans are like this and yeah that was an amazing feeling i can tell you i can tell you that that the fact is that probably the first time i've tried to bought buy tickets online uh the day the tickets were released and then i got a rabbit heart because the the website kept crashing on me uh like all the time and i i found myself thinking that okay this is really happening it's it's a women's football game and i i can't maybe i can't get a hold of of the tickets but i did and uh, you did <laughs> yeah it was a good it was a good experience i'm going to tell you everyone that listens to to this episode now because it it doesn't matter if you if you are a real fan or a barcelona fan in that moment uh because it was such an experience i can't even like i can't even describe it myself just uh watching that game just going to tell everyone that so no i feel like it was just a big moment for everyone watching watching women's football like i feel like after after the game also like people were so emotional so so happy that this actually could happen uh all over the world felt like so that's when i that's when you also understand how important that is and then to sit there and be a part of it all it was i was at the fc dulsen good game and there was not nearly as many people in the crowds but when you but actually when you do sit there and you hear the crowd go wild i could only imagine what it sounded like when it was filled to the brim with those 90,000 because the barcelona fans truly do know how to make sound no oh, exactly they are truly amazing and yeah also in the Rosengård game and also when we play at home in Johan Cruyff it's it's always they're always singing the whole game and uh, I mean the interest we've uh, had the last seasons have been so amazing and uh, yeah I can't tell you enough how how much we appreciate it and how yeah just how good it is with that being said, we're going to move on to the end section, which is the this or that, where we're going to ask Ingrid five questions. She gets to choose one or the other, no explanation. But we're going to have her explain one thing at the end of this section, because okay. there is a little Norwegian input in this. But I'll start, and then you can answer. A good slide tackle or intercepting a pass that is about to break the lines? Intercepting a pass. Tapas or Norwegian brunost? <laughs> oh, don't make me say that. No, I have to say brunost. Coming, coming on from the bench to make an impact on getting the win or being in the starting lineup in a mediocre game where you either lose or draw? No, coming in for sure. Causing a tactical foul for the opponent or taking one yourself for the team to stop a counterattack? Taking one myself. Winning the Champions League with your club or the World Cup with Norway? Right now, like, I'm going to say the Champions League. It's a big, big dream of mine. With that being said, Ingrid, that was the end of that section. No more hard questions. But for our international listeners, what is Norwegian Brunost? Oh, I don't even uh, how to explain it. I always give it to everyone when I'm uh, in Germany and here, like to taste because it's yeah they don't know what it is, but it's it's like a type of cheese. It's brown. I don't know if it's like goat cheese or yeah, it is yeah, um, and it's it's sweet, yeah, a sweet cheese, and we love it. People think it's weird, but we love it. <laughs> What's the reaction of the teammates when they taste it? It's very different. Like either either you think it's really weird or you actually really like it. I think it's it's weird because they've never tasted something like this before. But if you if you give it with, for example, waffles or something good, then they like it normally. <laughs> I was just gonna say that uh, I, I'm thinking that fifty percent of the one that you give the cheese to says okay let's go grab some tapas and the other 50 the other 50 percent say that yeah this is good yeah i don't know if they lie when they say they like it but and the other ones are just like let's grab some spanish uh, 
food instead. <laughs> this is weird. Well, with that being said, Ingrid, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We thought this was a blast. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 